Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So recently, I was thinking a lot about my childhood. I think past episodes have been, have kind of forced me to look inside and kind of think back to things that have maybe changed the course of my life over the past, you know, 30 years or so, 30 plus years. And it was funny because I can, it's weird how it's almost as if Aziz is writing a lot of what he's been going through and it's maybe I'm forcing the parallel to my life. Or maybe he wrote it in a way where it's so general that it can apply to many situations. And not the fact that his circumstance was general, because it, in everybody who watches the show knows it's pretty unique. Yeah, you know, and I think that's that's kind of the key. We've talked about this, you know, there's this idea of creativity, of being general enough when you write songs, especially, for people to fill in the gaps. But I think there's more relatability the more specific you are. And then people just put their own experience or project their own experiences onto it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, it's the same. Like the first season of, of Master of None was essentially my, my 30th year. That was ah. exactly kind of, you know, how it happened. Yeah. And this season has afforded me the opportunity to really look at a lot of my experiences and, and project them because I think it was, I think it was well-written from a standpoint of it covered a lot more topics and dynamics than in pre- the previous season did. And I think that was almost deliberate because it's it's kind of like as he grows, the show is growing with him. Mm-hmm. And I think he's actually developing this because I know the Italy episode actually happened to him in real life, right? Right, right. So right. he's he's really like we're going through his life just in story mode, mm-hmm. right? It's like you're playing a video game. <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking back to my childhood and uh, visiting my friends and going over their house and much like he was doing in the Thanksgiving episode, Dev was going over to Denise's house for Thanksgiving. And this episode kind of takes us through the years. I was really looking at it more in a snippet of time when I was going over to my friends' houses. And what that meant to me. It was growing up, I never really had an idea of how other people lived until it was kind of like forced upon me, you know, we'd go to birthday parties and all that. And then just one year there was a birthday party at a friend's house. And I was like, Oh, never been to a birthday party at a friend's house. This is different. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to see how her family lived and it was, it was very different from my family. They were very just, I I guess I expected something different maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I thought it was different. But in reality, would my parents do the same thing? I don't know. What were you expecting? Not my kids, I don't give a fuck kind of thing. You know, like they wouldn't care about me as much as they cared about me. Oh, okay. You know, but they cared about all. It was very, it was very different experience for me. So I was thinking back to another time where I went over to my friend's house. And this was probably like in the fourth or fifth grade, probably in the fifth grade. And, you know, really young. And looking back at it now, I probably have a different idea of what I actually, you know, what I was actually feeling. Or maybe it wasn't and I'm projecting. I don't know. But... This kid, his dad was a Peruvian diplomat, and he was, from what I could tell, pretty loaded. Like <laughs> they lived in a in a really good apartment complex. I think these were even like condos. And I was, it was like, it's 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 
interesting dichotomy to say, oh, they were loaded and they lived in an apartment complex. Right. But there were nice, like, high-end apartments. Like, you know, mm-hmm. athletes live at the W. Oh, it's like a luxury apartment. Luxury yeah. apartments. Okay. Yeah. And whenever I would go over to his house, I would just feel kind of out of place. Like, he had a lot. He had everything. And, you know, I look at my my family and what I had growing up. I didn't have a whole lot. I didn't have nothing, but I didn't have everything. You know, it was kind of like a good in-between, I would say, probably under the in-between line. Like, if there was a line of excess and nothing, I would probably be closer to, like, nothing, but not anyway. Okay. <laughs> Are you trying to justify your... I think <laughs> I am. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, an interesting experience for me to really see into another family and how they lived. And, and it was it was something that I was not accustomed to. And... For me, going to someone's house, I was very careful. I was very, like, cautious. I I could never really be comfortable the way that I I saw other kids being comfortable. I always thought that was kind of peculiar, but I I think looking back at it, I feel like it was kind of peculiar. Well, one, were your parents very strict? Like, when you guys went places, like, you're not going to act up. You're going to, you know, even if the other kids are playing around or jumping around, you're not going to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, that. uh, Not really to that level, but, like, um, don't ask for things or, or maybe, like, you know, don't you know, don't do certain things. I'm sure that conversation was had. I can't remember the specifics mm. and I can't remember if in fact it really happened, but so I feel like it did. Before you keep going, is this the first memory you have of going to somebody's house and, and feeling some kind of way? Um, no, it was probably one of the, one of the first few. Yeah. Okay. But I think this, uh, there, there was one earlier where it was probably in the third grade and this is really fucking going back to the archives, man. You know, like I had to really dig for these. I had another friend who lived probably like five or six blocks away from me. And I was really close with him. But whenever I would go to his house, it was different because his family wasn't that well off. Or at least that's what it appeared like to Mm -hmm. me because, you know, they had crap everywhere. And it was just very disorganized. And you had the feeling like shit was always in flux. It didn't feel settled in and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's an, that's one of the reasons why I never felt comfortable there. But he had everything, too. I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, you got this kid who's clearly well off. You know, later on in life, I could make this really formidable conclusion. <laughs> you had this kid that was really well off, and you had this kid that was not. And they both had everything. Like, why didn't I? Like, I was in the middle. Like, why, why didn't I have everything? You know, and it just really speaks to me right now. And there's a significant cultural difference. You know, my first friend, the the friend that was loaded, or I assume was loaded, I still to this day don't know, but he was Peruvian, Mm -hmm. but he was was the son of a politician. Politicians, you know, they make money. They make pretty good money. Yeah. And this other kid, he was, uh, I think he was like white or mixed and he wasn't that well off, you know, And, and I could definitely tell. But he had everything. It was confusing. I think I was stuck in a cultural dilemma, you know, and I couldn't identify. You didn't have either one of their experiences, but yet you still had less, but you had better living condition. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I can't really make much of it right now, but I know I felt something and I know this resonated with me or else I would not remember these specific memories, Mm -hmm. right? Of feeling the way that I felt and feeling that sense of uneasiness in both situations, even though I had every reason to be comfortable in both situations, because I was with a friend, I was with a, a known commodity, mm-hmm. right? Or at least I thought it was a known commodity. So for me, it 
it really shaped why I am now. I just don't know how. And I think this episode gave me a little bit more insight into why it, it kind of shaped me. And, and then there's a reason for that. And it's because I didn't feel like I had a sense of cultural identity. So I was searching for one. I think that's why I didn't feel comfortable. I think I was trying to find something in other people's lives that I could parallel with mine or really latch on to or, or maybe give myself an idea of what I had, but I never found that, you know, and it wasn't until much later that I found that and I was able to relate to that, maybe probably in high school. And as a kid, it really just changed my perception of other people and it might have actually closed me off from you know, having more experiences. Because after that, I don't really think I went to a lot of friends' houses and actually got out and became engaged until high school mm-hmm. or even maybe eighth grade, kind of. Yeah. And then high school after that. And it, and it was very weird for me. It was still foreign. And even now, if I go over to a friend's house for like a sleepover, you know, when we have our sleeping bags on the floor and our feety <laughs> pajamas <laughs> and, and all that, <laughs> you know, it's it's still weird for me. No, we don't do that. We don't do that. You're a liar because you do. <laughs> I do. I do. You had I like three bachelor parties in the last year. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because we were talking about this earlier offline about what we perceive as well off or why we perceive people as well off. And, and I was trying to think if I had some type of visual cue that kind of made me feel like, oh, you have money or you you come from money or you you, you have means, right? And I, I don't know if this is something I've thought of as, as a young kid or as I've gotten older. And I, I'm pretty sure that as I've gotten older, because I know for me, it's, it's lighting in, in your house. Huh. And if, if you have a well-lit room, I know you have money. Or I feel like you have that's means. That's interesting. That's, that's my association. So you darkness have, is poverty? Darkness, darkness, like you can't afford good light bulbs or you can't afford to put lights in or you can't afford whatever. In my head, that's how I associate it. But growing up, I was so always- So this is now? Yeah, that's how, I, that's, oh, how, that's how I judge people now. Okay. Right? I'll make sure I don't have a light right? it's, it's How loud are your appliances and how well there. lit is your, your living space, okay. right? That's how I judge people, how they're doing in life. But when I was young, like I, I, I grew up in like dark places, like dark, dark places, but like, you know, poorly lit rooms and stuff like that. And I don't know why I, thought, why I, I just associated that with, with, with means. And that's interesting. I guess those are the kinds of things that shape us, right? Mm-hmm. So in this episode, I felt like that was one of the things that kind of shaped the episode. Because yeah. in the very, very beginning of the episode, there was kind of a lack of cultural sensitivity on, on both their parts, on Denise's family's part and, and on Dev's part and understanding what the fuck was going on. Because yeah. I think that's how we all felt as kids, right? We're like, what the fuck? But then the relationship goes and goes and goes. And maybe, and I think I might have figured it out, as thinking about this a little bit more, as the relationship goes and goes and goes, there is a common denominator, and the common denominator is the friendship. And maybe that's something that I never had to latch on to because I did have a very close friend, and I still talk to him, that we used to go over each other's houses all the time, and it was like nothing. You know, his family became my family, and my family became his family still to this day. Um, it's not as close, but it's it's still there. The foundation is still there. And I feel like that common denominator is what helped push that comfort. And Denise is Dev's common denominator, right? It's that one friend. And that's why I think the Thanksgiving episode really perpetuates. It's that that friend can get you through 
a whole lot. And they don't have to say it. They don't have to show it. It's implied in the changes, in what they're going through, in what she's going through in her own personal struggle with her family. He becomes her common denominator, right? So essentially, it's like uh, home is wherever your family is kind of deal. Right. right. And, that's, and, and she's his family. Right. Yeah. And he's hers. Right. By proxy. Mm-hmm. And not really by proxy, by choice in, in that regard. Well, and, as they got older, by choice for sure. Right. And, and, and really, what it boils down to for me is... It's more along the lines of how he, it it doesn't really feel like he has a cultural identity either, right? In the very beginning, he kind of did, right? And Mm -hmm. he kind of lost it and he, and and they melded cultures, right? Americana. Yeah. And And that's really what the quintessence of that episode is. And the great part about it is it centers around an American, an iconic American holiday. A mm-hmm. holiday that is not shared anywhere else in the world, right? But here, right? And that's Thanksgiving. That's a very good observation, Randy. Oh, Randy. that was my observation. I didn't. <laughs> well, you you alley ooped me, man. Oh, really? That was a good alley oop. Yeah. yeah, I slam dunked the shit out of the ball, but you you threw it up there. Good yeah. throw. That good was pass. it. Was good pass. You get you get an assist plus one on your way to a triple double. There you go, gong it. <laughs> Not as effective because my hand dampened the fucking <laughs> bottle. Anyway, that is what culture has become. It's kind of, it, it's been blended. And I think that's really a good representation of this episode. And that's kind of how I felt. Because growing up, I don't think I had, and, and we talked about this offline, I don't think I had a cultural identity. And if I did, it was very muddled because it was kept away from me, I think, by my, by my parents growing up because I think they wanted me to assimilate. I think they wanted, they felt like that was the pursuit of, how should I put this? Pursuit of the American dream. Yeah. And maybe but I mean, it was more I, subconscious. I yeah. Think. Cause I mean that, that conversation offline was trying to determine the difference between culture and heritage. Culture is what you choose to accept and heritage is what the historical context of maybe your family lineage might've been. Yeah. And it, my argument there is, and always will be, they're one, almost one and the same, if not very, very closely tied. Because as one evolves, the other evolves in, in turn, and vice versa. And the great thing about that is, we are continually evolving our culture to what we see we want it to be. And my kids are going to be the next leg of that race, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. They're going to take that, and they're going to grow on it, even though they're kids of cultured people i guess it's a weird way of saying it culturally influenced people i don't know what the fuck i'm trying to say people of culture people of a different culture that is not well what you're really using trying to say you're, you're really using culture and all We're colored people damn it <laughs> well no, my wife really i was gonna say maybe not we we come from um something different let's just put it that way so for my kids, they're coming from something different, but it's being plugged into a world that is very much to their, that they've been acclimated to already, right? For me, I was growing, I grew up Arabic, mm. and I was speaking it, and I was immersed in it, and then all of a sudden it wasn't me anymore. I was just like American. I don't know why uh, that happened. Wait, how or when did that happen? When did it no longer become you? Did you stop speaking the language, or does it, like, did you just... 
completely like rebuke it or until i think kindergarten or preschool or kindergarten i think arabic was the only language i spoke and then it was english from there on out really and now my english is like really good like really good like super best <laughs> super best my english is super best you cannot find better english uh more well english than me <laughs> who gave Sankey's a mic <laughs> <laughs> that <would be> <laughs> it's super best um <laughs> but in in all in is all it, is that super best industries <laughs> llc <laughs> <laughs> super best industries llc incorporated <laughs> um in all reality, we're going to keep this going and perpetuating this, and I think this episode really does a great job to highlight that. And and I think this it's it, it, this episode holds a special place for me, um, because I think everyone was focused on the whole the story of Denise coming out and really just yeah pinpointing that absolutely, and not that that wasn't a bad that was an amazing story. It was and, and yeah. great writing and and delivery of it all, but I, I think the little nuances within the story, like you mentioned the, the friendship that's there and how that really gives a very intimate backstory to her and Dev and how they're connected and why they're connected. Right. I love what you said about, about that whole idea of like they became family or their, their home was with each other, whatever the case was. That's what you said. Oh, was it? Am I, <laughs> oh, am I misquoting myself? You, you to yourself. How did you do that? That's a travel, man. <laughs> Send the ball the other way, ref. <laughs> Fucking guy. <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> the fucked up part about it is I think you're honestly confused as to who said what. <laughs> Are you present? Are you paying attention to what's going on yeah, right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. It's too funny. <laughs> I'm actually tearing up in my left eye. <laughs> Just my left eye. It's not that funny, but it's funny enough for my left eye to tear up. No, man, but I, I, I was looking back on it like like you were too, as far as relationships go and significant relationships and having that like just like right now I was thinking about like there's there's no room that I could walk into. Like if if it's whether it's business or personal, like Cliff's my best friend, right? And if he's there, I have there's no fears walking into any room, any meeting, or any type of situation that i don't feel confident that we're going to come out better on the other side you know and it's and it's that kind of relationship that i think is is quintessential in anybody's life and it it takes time and i think that the great thing that this showed is that it's years of being together mm -hmm. whether it be working together mm -hmm. or even working with each other and pushing each other to be better and giving each other you know the strength to kind of like you know when denise told mm -hmm. dev that she was gay or lesbian and was like, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But then how he supported her when yeah. it was time for her to tell her parents or tell yeah, tell her mom. And then how he supported her when she was not making the best decisions with, the, with you know, who she's bringing home for Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? And, and that kind of accountability and checks and balances in the relationship, I think, is very crucial to show. And I think another thing that was kind of downplayed is the fact that it's a male and a female having this type of relationship. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I that's mean? That's a good point. That, that you don't necessarily see because you get so many people talking about, oh, you can't be friends with females. And I've had, I've had yeah. friends with like, does he have a penis? I don't care if he's gay. Does he have a penis? No, you can't be his friend. It's just like, why? Yeah. Like, so I think that was a very... Poignant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I overlooked that as well. I mean, it, throughout my whole experience, I've never had that kind of uh, relationship with a female friend. And there's a lot that goes into those kinds of relationships to build that kind of relationship. It's way different than a male to male or female to female. 
right? Same sex. Um, so yeah, I thought, yeah, that's, that's very, that's a very good point. You know what I would have liked to see in that episode though, mm. is Dev not present and what would have happened in that circumstance to really solidify their relationship and really say outright, like, this is why you're always coming to Thanksgiving or this is why we're friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like how does he always manage to be there for Thanksgiving? You know, I find that I found that really like, you know, he wasn't always, I think they skipped a lot of years. Yeah, they had granted. To. But it's crazy because you, you're under the impression that he's always there. You know, it's almost assumed. They're not going to go through all the years because it would take too fucking long. So they're skipping to the highlights, right? Yeah. So you're assuming, I'm assuming at least, that he's always there. But I would have liked to see one year where Dev wasn't there and shit hit the fan. And it's like, man, I wish Dev was here. You well, know? they did have the episode where shit hit the fan and Dev was there. What was it? Nipples and toes, twenty three or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would say keys were debating which which handle it was, but yeah, I, don't, I just threw it out there. I don't even know this is the right one. Nipple and toes. I, I don't remember that part in particular, but um, yeah, I thought I thought there were a lot of yeah, there are a lot of key themes, and this is a, this is a great part. Again, we have to say this is a great part about the writing and the production of this show is that it gives us so much opportunity for additional creative license on top of what was already derived. But I think that it's overlooked because it's really like people are looking at the obvious themes here, but there's so much more to life than just what the eye sees. And this plays into what we were talking about previously. I think it was last week where we said, you know, there's more to 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 something than just what's on the surface. You got to dig deeper and you got to get in there. And, and that's what life is all about. Well, what about people that don't necessarily have those relationships now? Do you feel like it's, it's going to sound bleak, but do you feel like it's too late in life? If you're in your thirties and you don't have, you know, people in your corner that, that give you that accountability or that give you that strength within the friendship, you think it's too, too far gone to develop that? Or is this uh, something that can come at any point in your life? I think it's two part. I think it's a yes and no primarily because if you have the capacity to make friends and make friends very easily, you have the ability to actually navigate a lot of friendships in a shorter amount of time and figure out whether or not someone's going to be that for you. On the flip side, not a lot of people have that capacity or patience or time for that matter. So I think if it's not already developed, it's going to be incredibly difficult and a lot less likely for you to find someone that can actually give you uh, what was displayed in this relationship uh, mm-hmm. in this episode, within this episode. So it's it's kind of difficult to say. I think it depends on you as a person and what you really want to get and what you really want to see come out from a relationship. But really, in in all reality of the nature of the friendships, I, I think it's really tough. What do you think? I, I think it's actually easier for me to make those kinds of connections and relationships now as I'm older and have more insight and maturity going into those those relationships it's it's more so having the the insight to to discern whether i should let certain people in or how much i should let them in you know what i mean and that was that was definitely like a yeah. lesson i had to yeah. really learn throughout my my mid to late 20s i wouldn't say i'm i'm easy to make friends with but i i guess i could i could see how that could come off as as the case but i don't i don't let just anyone into my inner circle right away I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I I feel like I, I'm a good judge of character. And I think that's that's important in, in navigating these relationships and, and those experiences. And when you do that, 
I, I, I think the reason why I'm struggling with it so much is because of, of relationships and not just platonic, but even romantic relationships and going through and, and going through the dating process, you have to still be open to making these kinds of connections, these relationships. And then when you bring someone new into your life, they have other people in their life that have already been embedded into it. So you have to be able to build at a later point in life. And I don't know why I, I think I'm, this is really irking me thinking about this idea of, of people that, you know, the whole concept of no new friends, but this idea that it's going to be difficult to make friends with, with people when you get older. It is difficult, but I see where you're coming from in the sense that as you get older, it's easier to make friends and you're able to easily discern whether or not a relationship is going to come to bear fruit. But in the same breath, I don't think we have the capacity for the, or the patience for it. And uh, maybe as now we have had enough friendships and met enough people to know what we want from a friend, it's the same thing about relationships. Do we have the capacity to find it? And when we find it, will we know? Mm -hmm. That's a challenge. I don't think that's possible to know. You just have to know who to invest in and who not to invest in. And that's, that's based on what they, and for me, it's based on what you bring to my life. And as selfish as that sounds, I think if it's not a two-way street, if it's not a symbiotic relationship, if I'm not getting something out of the relationship and, and I'm putting into it, it it's going to grow tiresome for me. So, it, it's again, it depends on what kind of person you are, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't invest in somebody, how are you going to know what they can give back? I'm saying you are investing in someone, but you're not getting back, mm. right? Or okay. maybe you are, and you're just not seeing it. I guess I'm more so combating the idea of having to know when to invest in somebody or who to invest in, and it, and it's that kind of yeah, discernment I that I'm. Yeah, no, I, I, you have to take a chance, mm. right? Like we all took chances on our friends in high school when we had no choice. Yeah. You know, we had to make friends, so we were forced to make friends, and whether or not it was the right decision. You can know now whether or not it was the right decision because it's whether or not you still talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. And how frequently, you know, like uh, me and my buddy Alex, we we talk, albeit infrequently, because his schedule is crazy, my schedule is crazy. But when we do talk, it's like we pick up from where we left off. It's yeah. almost as if almost nothing has changed, but everything has changed. Yeah, and it's like catch me up, and mm -hmm. I already know. You know, it's like we're we're back. You know, and it's great. And he, he was who I was referring to earlier. It's, it's one of those things that now I, I feel like even if you do go out on a limb and take a risk, there's a lot more on the line, you know, and, and you might still, same thing with a relationship. I still feel that same way. It's, it's tough, but you have to take that leap of faith. A lot less liability with a friendship than a relationship, but still, mm -hmm. there is some. So, have you had a friendship that's lasted the test of time? Someone that you still talk to now that you've talked to for 10, 15, 20 years? I think that would be really interesting to hear from you and, and whether or not the experience kind of parallels what we've seen in episode 8 of season 2 of Master of None. Yeah. Does the friend group change? Does it get smaller? Does it have the same people, new people? How does it, how has it evolved? How do friendships evolve into your 30s? Do, well, I've asked you this before. Yeah. But do you have more friends that have kids now than you do that don't have kids? Or have you made new friends with people that do have kids? Yeah, it's that one. It's the latter. Yeah, I think I've made friends with people who have kids now. And I think those, the people that, the friends that don't have kids are catching up. <laughs> it's, it's funny how that works. I don't know. I've, I don't know why I have kids at 32, 31. How old am I? But I have kids and 
it feels like I'm always kind of like in the in the forefront for some reason that I didn't want to be in this instance, but I am. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, dark place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy, where can the people find you, man? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. Terry. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Turg Says No. Quick shout out to my boy Alex Olson. Thanks for listening, man. <laughs> this episode alluded to a lot of our relationship foundations. Ours has withstanded the test of time. Keep it going, baby. Aw. Yeah. Hey, you talk about Cliff all the time. I could talk about Alex. <laughs> Cliff doesn't listen. <laughs> That's fucked up, Cliff. You should listen. <laughs> All right, people. Peace. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes. And if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. I had somewhere to go. I just wanted to make you feel awkward. Yeah. What do you think? I already told you what I think. I want to know again. <laughs> Tell me now. Give it to me. I mean the knowledge, not the day. You want to start the show? I have a story. All right. Can I tell one of St. Keys's? St. Keys is a story? St. Keys is a story. Episode 40, guys. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> so we made it to episode 40, guys. Ha! Got it. It's episode 40. You can't do anything about it. It's recorded. You felt like crazy. I know. You okay over there, buddy? Not as effective because my hand dampens the fucking bottle. <laughs> that doesn't hurt that bad. You're just a pussy. Jeez. <laughs> I gotta pee, so. Uh, Damn, racehorse.